If you're a local government enthusiast who's looking for fresh conversations over a hot cup of morning coffee or tea or while you're driving or walking the dog, you do you. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Local Gov Cafe podcast, hosted by Susan Gardner and Ann Mitchell. This podcast is devoted to having conversations that matter, covering the full menu of municipal topics. You'll discover guests who bring insight and inspiration to the issues that drive and challenge communities. We'll be talking with leaders in policy, practice, consulting, and academia to put a spotlight on civic government and the people who make it all happen at the local level. I'm very pleased that we have Brenda Orchard in the cafe today. Brenda is the CAO of the County of Lennox and Addington, located in Southern Ontario. At the CAMA conference, she introduced the association's newest toolkit for the effective executive assistant to the CAO. And she's joining us to talk about how the executive assistant can help boost the productivity and balance in the CAO's office. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you. Happy to be here. We're glad to have you. So tell us a bit about your personal experience working with executive assistants and some insights for our listeners. I've been blessed to have amazing executive assistants in my career, and I can say I don't know what I do without them, and they keep me on track. It's not just the scheduling meetings and organizing things, and it's not just the tangible work product. It's the supportive nature that you have with your EA. It's someone you will know is always in your corner is always there for support. There are some days when you just need to express to somebody that that was not a great meeting, or I'm really excited with this meeting, or I'm not looking forward to that. They're your person yeah, that can provide you with the tangible supports, but also the sounding board. I just, and it's very valuable because you think about it, your EA is connecting with your council. They're connecting with your senior staff. They're connecting with the frontline staff so they can give you a broad picture and broad feedback in the organization so you can bounce things off them. Like, you know, I really want to do more staff appreciation or staff recognition. What do you think about this? Or do you think this would fly? They can be your floating the trial balloon. They're the great person to float the trial balloon with. And you have that trusting relationship. When you have the right fit, it's magic. Yes, having the right fit is critical. And I've known that sometimes takes a while to find that gelling. So talk a little bit about that, like your experience and the fit that you've had with different executive assistants and how you manage that. I think it's like anything in relationships, you get out of it what you put into it. So if you want to build communication and trust, you have to give communication and trust. And as the, say, in the senior in the role, they're looking for that from you because they're not, you know, really going to try to elicit that from you. They're looking for signs that you're open to that more trusting communicative relationship. So give them the signs that's important to you. So start sharing with them, again, when something might be, frustrating that's going on in the organization or when you're really excited about something so that they can start to learn, you know, what juices you up. And so they understand your priorities and not, it's not just your preferences for the tasks. It's the priorities of what makes you tick and what you'd like to see in the organization and aspire to in terms of culture and organization, because they can help support that and play into that. 
And then you feel like you have a real partnership. They're like all of us. Like we want to feel like we're serving our council and that we're helping our council. Yeah. Our EA is the same. They want to feel like they're helping us and serving us and supporting us. But if they don't know what really gets us going and what really is exciting, what we're really trying to accomplish, it's hard for them to do that. And imagine the satisfaction they feel when they can do that for us. It's the same satisfaction we feel as a CAO when we can do that for our council. We're all the same. We yeah. all want to feel like we're doing a good job and feel like we're helping. That's really well said. Very well said. Let's talk a little bit about political acuity. We know how important that is for uh, a CAO to have that sense of political acuity and know how to balance that. It's important for the EA as well. So how do you help develop an understanding with the EA of how to walk that tightrope? I've changed jobs a few times in my career, moving for personal and family reasons uh, each time, actually. So I've entered organizations with existing EAs. So I've never actually fired my own EA. I've always gone into an organization with an existing EA. And I guess I'm a pretty sharing kind of person anyway. People know what I'm thinking or feeling because that's just me and that's the way I am. And I, I can appreciate for some CAOs that might be more difficult. But I do have a conversation fresh out of the gate to say, you know, I appreciate you and value you and I want to grow and develop you. And like my commitment to you is I will do anything I possibly can to support you to be successful, even if it's beyond my office. If you wanted to move on, I'll do anything I can to support you. And I think that translates. They feel that then they will then support me. I always talk about the importance of trust and how when trust is broken, it's hard to rebuild it. Again, same between a council and a CAO. It is no different. And that's part of political acumen. I often share one of the keys for me in my role as a CAO with council so that they can use it too. And I'll share it with you. We've all as CAOs been at conferences with elected officials and you can be standing in a group and elected officials are talking and you know maybe they start talking about that councillor or that mayor or that whatever. And your silence is interpreted as agreement with. So you don't want to be in that environment, but nor do you want to be, I'll say chastising counselors to say you shouldn't be saying that because that's not our role either. That's right. So I always have a conversation during orientation with my counselors, and I suppose your listeners can't see what I'm doing, but I'm doing a, like a point like a mountain with my two hands, like a V, upside down V, but I tell them I'm Switzerland. And, you know, so I can't take apart one side or another in any of those conversations, but I'm not going to make a point of that if they're in a conference setting and embarrass anybody. So I'll just put my hands together and back away and they know what that means. <laughs> that, that's me that's saying, but not saying it out loud. So no one else would understand, but that's me saying, you know, I'm Switzerland and I'm backing away from this because that's not my role. So I share that with EAs because they can often be in that same situation where a director's complaining about whatever, about another director, or, you know, I didn't get the budget amount I wanted or whatever, you know, feel free to just to do your little V with your hands, your Switzerland and, and back out of that conversation. It's the safest thing to do. Yes. You're not damaging any relationships. In fact, people will respect you for it because you're recognizing and staying in your lane and not compromising your ethics. That's fantastic advice. 
That is a great tip. Very great tip. So, Brenda, the current legislation is written that the CAO is the one employee of council. However, as a conduit of the CAO's office, how should the ideal executive assistant deal with stakeholders? And you touched on it a little bit that they're like the trial balloon. But talk a little bit about internal and external stakeholders. I make it known in the organization that my EA is an extension of me and my office. Because you want them to get respect and understanding if they're asking for reports, because often it's the EA that's saying, hey, director, you owe this to the CAO by by noon today. They have to be the heavy. Yes, yeah, sometimes they have to be the heavy, but you want them to be respected for it. They're not just a secretary. They are an extension of my office. They're doing things for me to help me be as efficient as I can be. So they deserve to be treated with that respect and that understanding. And that's really important. Yes, that's critical. Yeah, yeah. And the public too. Talk a little bit about the interface with the public through the CAO's office. I think it's the same. I think it's the way you set it up in your organization. I'll tell people if they need to make an appointment with me, you know, please contact Beth. She'll take care of everything. You know, I can rely on Beth. If you set that tone with people, I, sorry, Beth is my EA, <laughs> um, but you, the way you refer to and interact with your EA is obvious to other people. Yes. Now, Canvas toolkits are critically important. And we set up this new toolkit and you introduced it today at the conference. Can you talk about the importance of Canvas toolkits and specifically this one? Oh, our toolkits are one of the biggest resources that we provide to our members. I think our members appreciate the fact, the level of research that we do for the toolkits and that we do provide a perspective across the country. And we do include CAOs and in this case, the EAs from across the country when we're pulling the information together so that they can rely on the thoroughness of it. I think the fact that we do that also gives credence to counsel. The CAO says, maybe you should read this political acumen toolkit or you know, this is a resource that my association provides to me, you might find it helpful. It elevates the validity of it so that council can, you know, take it to the bank that this is a good document because of the level of research and the professional wisdom that's gone into the documents. We really thought it was important to do the EA one because it's often an overlooked profession and there are other people that help us the most. Could you just give us some highlights of the new toolkit maybe and, you know, who it's for and why other CAOs are going to find value in it? Sure. The toolkit is for both the EA and the CAO because there's sections that refer specifically to the EA to help them be more effective in their role. So there's top 10 tips in there, especially for them. But there's also tips in the top 10 for the CAOs to use their EA more effectively. Because one of the key things that we touch on in the document is about delegation and how it's more, it can be more than just setting up meetings and taking phone calls and, you know, just talking to people for you. They can do budgetary things for you. They can draft reports for you. They can chair meetings for you. They should be part of your leadership team so that they understand the full picture of what's going on in the organization, because often they're the ones chasing down reports or chasing down items due to you. 
And it's important for them to understand why that's important and what the timeliness is of it and how it might plug in and play to other things. But one of the points that we made today when we were presenting the toolkit, we're hoping that CAOs go back with to their EAs and share the toolkit, share the top 10 tips, but also have a conversation with them. And I encourage the CAOs to ask your EA three things. Are you getting enough information or enough of my time to do your job effectively? Number two, is there training that you think you need? We're so good at providing training to our directors and the directors ensure that everybody in their staff have their training. But what about your EA? That's the person that reports directly to you, that is committed to your success. Have you offered them training? They might be too shy to ask because they see that everybody's asking you for stuff every day. Everybody wants something from you. They don't want to pile on and be the one that also asks for more. Ask them, go back. Do you get enough information and enough of my time? Is there training that you would like to have? And we could build it into the budget next year, even if your budget is already set by now. Is there some training? It could be that it's technology. Imagine how much technology has changed, especially since COVID. We can't assume that they know how to use every piece of software and everything, and they might be too shy to speak up. So let them know, as CAOs, we're lifelong learners. Why shouldn't our EAs be lifelong learners? It's important. But then also ask them about delegation. Because as I said, there's lots of different roles they can play in the organization and in more senior capacities. I'll give you an example. In our organization, employee appreciation and recognition is really important to us, as it is in most organizations. My EA chairs that committee. And there's directors on that committee, but my EA chairs the committee. And I had a staff person say to me that that sent a message to staff of the importance that I play as a CAO in, a, in staff recognition and appreciation because someone from my office was chairing that group. It, they knew that it was on my radar screen and I had eyes on it. Because again, she's an extension of my office. So that's really important. But we have to recognize that not all professionals, you know, aspire to do more. So go back and ask your EA, would you like to do more? Is there, would you like to have a bigger role? If I was to delegate more things to you, are you open to that? Or is that something that excites you? So go back and ask them those three things. Do you have enough time and information to do your job well? Are we, is there training you'd like to take? Maybe it's communications, maybe it's public relations, project management, all of those things not only helps the EA, but it helps us as CEOs. And if I was to delegate more to you, would that excite you? I think that's so critically important too, because they often get overlooked because like you said, everybody else is asking for us, but somebody mentioned too, how critical the time was setting side time. And we often overlook them because our schedules are so full and it's just, you know, yeah, we'll get to that, but actually setting up however much of a time it is a week. to even, do it. Look, even if it's 15 minutes, it's the best 15 minutes yes. that you're going to have. I had mentioned in the session this morning, it's like the oxygen mask on the airplane. They say, put it on yourself first so that you can be strong and capable to help others. Your EA helps you be strong and capable to help others. Yes. It's yes. the best investment of time you can make in your week. Everybody else wants something from you. They want a decision. They want to influence you. They want something. <laughs> they do. Your EA is the person that wants to help you. Yes. 
That's so true. And I think it's such an important toolkit. And I know that Cama has put a lot of work into their toolkits. Their toolkits are always well thought out. There's committee and how they brought on the EAs from right across the country. And I think that's pretty critical too, and lends so much credibility to the toolkits. So we really appreciate your time with us this morning, Brenda. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us in the Local Gov Cafe. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a minute to share on social media or tell a friend. And we hope you'll join us next time as we welcome our next guest. You won't want to miss it.